Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of NFL Only Better as we head towards the playoffs. We've got some Saturday games to talk about, so we get to that in the company of John Balf and Mike Carlson. Saturday, Sunday, Thursday, Friday, Mr. I want to say here, technically, Mike. It's a- Mr. Saturday Night Lights. That's exactly. me. This is Jeff Saturday time. This is where he <laughs> shines. Yeah, yeah. He's taking his cape off and here he comes. <laughs> Um, we are going to have a little look at some of the games. As I mentioned, Thursday night's game looks pretty decent. To be honest, we got games on Saturday, including Mr. Saturday night is, and Sunday uh, is jam-packed as well. So lots of games spread across the weekend, gentlemen. Want to start with uh, some Super Bowl odds uh, because uh, on the exchange market on Betfair, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are now shorter than the Kansas City Chiefs. So just to put that in context, at the moment, on the exchange market now, I'll go through sportsbook prices in a second. But on the exchange, it's 5.4 for the Buffalo Bills, uh, which is around 92. Philadelphia Eagles have 5.6, which is a little higher up than 92. Kansas City Chiefs are 11 to 2, 6.6. San Francisco 49ers, uh, 9.6. And it's 10.0 bar starting with the, the Cowboys. So Cowboys, 49ers, KC, Philly, and Buffalo Bills. On the sportsbook, um, uh, the Bills are seven to two. The Eagles are four to one. KC four to one. Dallas nine to one. San Francisco nine to one. As tens bar. I, I guess, guys, where I'm coming from with this is is a movement on the Eagles, and I, I guess maybe people are slightly starting to believe even more, Mike, in this yeah, Philly side. I think so. And the ba- you see the balance of the team, which I keep going on about, but it, but it, it really is true. You know, with, with that offensive line. They can play whichever kind of game they want, a, a pass game, a run game, or both, which they've done, you know, in in, al- in alternate weeks, in the last three weeks. And their defense is still strong enough <clears throat> to control the run and get you in. And if you're in a catch-up situation, then it becomes pretty dangerous because that's when you're um, – your non-star pass rushers turn into really good pass rushers because it's all they they really have to worry about. So you know it's it's easy to like the Eagles at this point. I think it's interesting that the 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 exchange has the Niners a little ahead of the of the book, which I think might be a factor of just the price looking good. Um, you know, because obviously when when Brock Purdy came in at quarterback and he's now had a game and a half, you know, as a, as an undrafted. Uh, sorry, as a, the last guy picked in the draft, you would have thought that those odds would plummet quite a bit. But people looked at San Francisco and how they played, and I think they thought, well, there might be some value of getting in now on San Francisco, even if even if it then goes into a tailspin. Because if it doesn't go into a tailspin, you're picking them up at a good price now. Is this is this Eagle side though? This one uh, for this season, and what I say about that, it, it was something that was said on one of the games when they switched to red zone. I, I looked it up. So the Eagles are in a very unique situation. They have ten starters on one year deals are set to hit free agency in the next year. They have a QB that they kind of didn't think was their future QB. So they they've made moves to free up cap space they've moved uh moves to, to get draft picks where i think they were probably going to go in for a qb so now they found a quarterback that's on a rookie contract for a very long time so they have money they were looking for a qb so they can go even further into the draft and get some specialized players to help him out and they've got a roster on some sort of technicality deals so and unless I'm mistaken, as well, they have the Saints' first round draft pick. Unless, uh, yeah, 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 they do. So they've got <laughs> probably a top five pick in, the, in next year's draft as well. They're in a wonderful position. Yeah, and I think that that pick was for a QB, right? That, that you would have thought they they 
So they've kind of stumbled onto their quarterback. In well, that was yeah, that was for the Saints to move up to take Chris Olave. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The Saints so, went up. The Saints went up twice to pick Olave. They went up before the draft and they went up during the draft. So a questionable yeah. decision in, in New Orleans. <laughs> but I guess yeah, we're talking question. about Philly. But when you talk yeah. about Philly, they, they've their cards have come on pretty well. I mean, they've got a straight flush in poker terms. So. Are they a team that you would be backing right now? I mean, every season is different, and, and, and we saw with the Rams last year, we thought they were see, they were a team for this year, and we look at maybe San Francisco as a team that we've said in the past before the injury, but still, they, they've got Christian McCaffrey, and they've got Debo Samuel. They've got this team now. Maybe they won't have some of them next season. But are the Eagles maybe slightly a team that you might look next season, or should they be taking advantage of the fact that they have such a great record? Well, I think they're they're very well positioned right now. You know, we've been we've been talking about them all season. I think once you get to this part of the of the campaign with with the record as it is, they're surefire contenders. You know, for the first third of the season, through the second third of the season, we're like, can they keep this going? Are they legit? Will they? You know, when they lost even their rookie Jordan Davis, it seemed like stuff had re- kind of fallen off a little bit. The the run defense kind of really suffered for a few weeks with that. But you know, the, the way this team is looking right now. There's no other way to see them as a as a well a Super Bowl contender. Quite frankly, I mean, they yeah. can certainly they can certainly win the division. They can certainly win the conference. But like, this is a team that can go all the way at this point. And as well, like you're you're mentioning, Kieran um, Jalen Hurts. I believe he's just gone ahead of Patrick Mahomes in the in the MVP um, odds, unless I'm very much mistaken. But if not, he's certainly it's the two of them at the moment. I think anyway, maybe with Josh Allen bringing up third place. Um, but yeah, they're. It speaks to how well that they've organized this roster and, and put it together and built it because, you know, they don't seem to have any sizable flaws that we're right now being like, yeah, the Eagles are look good, but there's no massive butts going into this one, I think. Yeah, the, uh, sorry, the, you're um, right, by the way, John. Sorry, before, Mike, you come in there, apologies. Sure. But uh, Jalen Hurts is, is odds on now, actually, to be yeah. the MVP of the regular season. Patrick Mahomes, yeah. very much 50. It's a two-horse race. Joe Burrow, yeah. Josh Allen, they're all they're, they're big prices. Third, I I yeah, I, I still think Burrow's probably got a, a few legs in that. You know, if a couple of spectacular primetime games that, that keep the Bengals in contention will help. I mean, the Eagles are not the Rams. Um, I, I didn't. I mean, I still fa- I still had the Rams to win their division, but there were too many holes in that team and too, ma- too many things went right for them in the Super Bowl run that they couldn't reasonably expect to go right for them again, which is true of most Super Bowl teams, which is why, they, why we don't have any runs of dynasties or anything like that mm-hmm. nowadays. But the Eagles are not like the Rams in the sense that they're built for one year, even though, you know, as you said, there's there's all these guys on one year contracts. Howie Roseman is a shoe in. I mean, I don't even know if they dictate bets on executive of the year, but but he would be like 100 to one on um, for for executive of the year. You know, when they needed some help inside, Jordan Davis was still out. Um, you know, they were getting tired. He went out and got and got Sue and and Rankin. You know, yeah. um, you know, and stuck them right in, and 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 they delivered. He's he's done everything right this year. And the one thing that we haven't mentioned. The flexibility offensively hurts is a huge part of that because why well, I think we talked about it a few weeks ago or some weeks ago. If you've got a quarterback like like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Mahomes to an extent, guys who can run, who are a legitimate running threat. Justin Fields now as well. Justin Field, it's very hard to defend. It takes away the defense's numerical advantage. First off, and second off, you can, you know, you have to keep the guy into the in the pocket as much as possible, which limits the other things that you could do mm-hmm. in terms of rush and coverage. You know, Kyler Murray is an exception in a sense um, because he's so small and and has, 
has yeah has um has problems <clears throat> seeing over over the rush but okay, but yeah because he's, he's small he's out he's out anyway yeah the, the munchkin uh, is, he's out for the season now anyway so it doesn't matter mike is the possibility and, and i'm just trying to pick holes obviously in the eagles for some reason this week but is they have issues at defense and we always say that defense wins these super bowls maybe cornerback is a bit weak they probably need. I mean, again, rusher, they, yeah. Well, tackle. they don't. They don't really have a big name edge rusher at this point now. Mm-hmm. But like I said, if 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 you get a lead, you don't need one particularly. And they had a big lead against the Giants, and they still made you know New York's life miserable. But that's mm-hmm. easy when because if they don't have Barkley playing and they have to throw the ball, the Giants are awful. Um, Chauncey Gardner Johnson losing him was a big blow. I mean, he was in a sense the key to their defense because he did what. Um, um, what's his name did uh, Jenkins Malcolm Jenkins did for them uh, before Jenkins went back to New Orleans um, he gives them that flexibility a guy who can be a safety or a corner um, he can actually come up and play you know, as an as a linebacker if you need if you need him to um, and that become that makes it hard for the offense to adjust so he's a he's actually a bigger loss than some of the other guys who, who've gone down but as long as that offensive line stays in place and when they get Jordan Davis, if Jordan Davis comes back rested and ready to play, they're going to be a handful for most teams. And I was looking, someone put up a, a list of um, the teams who allowed the most points with X number of wins. Um, so 16 wins, obviously, was the Patriots. Um, then 50, you know, the 15 win team that allowed the most number of points. And in that list, Mahomes appears twice, I think at 15 and 14 or something like that. Um, the Rams from 2000 are are in the list. Um, Manning in the Denver Broncos, his best year in Denver is in the list. And none of the teams on the list won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They all scored more points than they allowed, but they were all allowing, you know, in the sort of 27 points a game range and scoring over 30. And that's the hard formula to maintain when you get to the playoffs and you get to teams that actually can play defense and hold your 30 points a game team to 20 points a game. You know, then, then that's what that's why defense wins Super Bowls. You know, yeah. offense gets you into the playoffs, and then defense wins wins the I'm Super Bowls. Guessing yeah. that Peyton Manning thing that might be the year they lost to the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, maybe which would would have been the Legion of Boom, wouldn't it? It might have. I'm trying to remember which year but that explains. Like obviously, that yeah, he won the Super. Yeah, defense. he. He won the Super Bowl in a year where he had a terrible offensive season. His That's season right. Well, his, his was first virtually. comment after he won the Super Bowl was, "Yeah, uh, that my defense won me that, and I'm retiring." Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he had no he had no business being the game MVP in that game, and it was um, hilarious. He was yeah. so embarrassed on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just one final thing I was going to mention yeah. on that is that like. There really, there isn't, there aren't teams in the NFL that don't have deficiencies or gaps or flaws or something in that. But Baker I, Mayfield. I, I think that the uh, the true sign of it of a team is how that they've managed these deficiencies or flaws. You know, it's how they cover them up, how they scheme against them. So, like some teams, if you look at, I don't know, oh, there's, you know, the diamond doesn't. There's half the teams in the NFL really. You can look at them and say, like, well, there's their flaw. That's what they're not good at, and let's try and take advantage of this. It's the teams who are able to mask that, despite having those gaps in the in their roster that really, really go far. And that's kind of what I look at with them, um, with Philadelphia. And I think, you know, you mentioned here in the Rams and things like this. They, they've for the last few seasons at least, they've been a team who have been consistently kind of mortgaging their future. They're, they've been all, all consistently in win now 
Whereas the Eagles are really good right now, and they're going to look good for next year too. Because, like I said, they've got they've got cap space. They they can get a bunch of those guys on one year deals back. They, the ones who were really good, they'll bring them back, and they have presumably a top five, top ten draft pick from the Saints. Like this, if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, you're in prime position right now. Soaring good three or four years, you know. Soaring, let Eagles. Soar. Older <laughs> older guys on one year contracts are probably the prime candidates for retiring once they win a Super Bowl. That's true. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't so let's hope S- they don't win a Super Bowl. So Sue, I don't think Sue's coming back next year. We can say that one anyway. Yeah. Um, we will. We will get to the games. I think. I uh, hope so. We ran. We ran a bit over <laughs> yeah. on that, honestly. But I will give you, John. Let me get my my stopwatch, John. I will give you sixty seconds on this. Hold on. Let me do a timer here now. You talk amongst yourselves. That's how podcasts work. <laughs> that's all, that's giving up more time. <laughs> so this I'm counts put against it for, John for one minute. This, this is counts against John's minute. minute. I can do it. I can do it in thirty. This is your bro. one minute to talk about Baker Mayfield. Go. <laughs> Well, that was great, wasn't it? The fabulous <laughs> Baker boys. Yeah, exactly. Just let Baker bake. That's what I said in, in our in our WhatsApp group the next day. Uh, no, I was. Yeah, he did actually. For, for what we're, we're talking about, for people who are listening right now, Baker Mayfield came on, uh, made his debut for the Rams after signing for them two days, less than two days prior, scored a, a game-winning touchdown with nine seconds to go after a 98-yard drive. You know what? Like, I mean, he's still a Baker. Like, like okay, I'm going to be realistic here. And he's like, he's still a Baker Mayfield. He's not going to set the world on seconds. fire there. But I. I just think it was a nice moment for a player who's been, I think, kind of maligned in the last, whatever, nine months or so since he left Cleveland. And uh, I don't think anybody can deny it. I think he deserved that. And like, we'll see how they get on. He's, he's going to be he's starting this weekend again. And uh, I, hopefully he gets the win. That's that's what I say. Both of the lads are uh, in this. Are, uh, they're making me go a bit quicker than I would like to. I'm not. No, you've seven seconds left. you got seven I'm, seconds. I was, I was looking at Mike. The big, the big finish. Uh, I, I was very happy to see it, and I, I think he deserved okay, it, particularly with what's gone on in Cleveland. It was a nice moment. But what do you guys okay. think? For, what seriously? was really in, what was really interesting in that game was Sean McVay was talking in his helmet for whatever the maximum time allowed would be. <laughs> it was like it was like every play was programmed, and this to an extent is what he did with Jared Goff as well um, in, in yeah. the, when, when they went to the Super Bowl. But you could almost see him calling the play. And Baker calls the play, and then as Baker walks up to the line of scrimmage, you can almost see McVay going, "Okay, you're going to see you're going to see the safety move to the right, and you're going to have a guy coming across the drag. That's your first target. If he's not there, go to, go to the left mm-hmm. and go into the corner." You know, and Baker was was more or less executing. They did. That. They practiced ten plays in training before the game, and the only thing that they really stressed when they were doing their pre-match game plan or whatever was the two-minute offense. Yeah. And afterwards, okay. Baker said, "Like, I'm glad we did the two-minute offense." Okay, yeah. that's enough Baker Mayfield for okay, one. Yeah. Right. One of the announcers um, last, away, John. last weekend was talking about the Detroit game and said, uh, you know, it, it's great it's great to see uh, Jared Goff, an emerging quarterback. I'm saying, weren't you, didn't you see the Super Bowl three years ago? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, let's go to the games. Uh, the first of which is Thursday Night Football. Let's concentrate on that. The San Francisco 49ers fresh after... Well, Whipping Tom Brady, uh, head to Seattle to face the Seahawks. Four to seven of the 49ers, 29 to 20 Seattle Seahawks. 3.5 is the uh, spread, and the over-under is 43.5. We go to you first, Mike. Um, are we about to really find out how good the Seahawks, or sorry, uh, the 49ers are? Well, yeah, uh, maybe. <laughs> 
I mean, I would have said, yeah, but I think we found out how bad the Seahawks can be last week. They Again, I did it again, second straight week. I was 11, <laughs> I was 11 and three on, oh, on, my, on my straight up, and my best bet of the week was Seattle, which is one of the three that I got wrong. Um, they didn't look very good at all last week uh, on Monday night. Um, the, the defense couldn't stop the run uh, apart from Woolen, who in my mind is, is the defensive rookie of the year. Um, and certainly the best value draft pick of the, of the draft so far, unless black Brock Purdy takes San Francisco to the Super Bowl. Um, and I think this will be a, a really good test because Pete Carroll and that defense know what's coming from San Francisco. Um so they ought to be in a position to stop it. And when they're at home, it becomes very difficult to do this, especially for a rookie quarterback to play in that, in that kind of noise. But having said that, I don't think Debo plays. I he's think out, that yeah, he's going to for the year, I think. Yeah. I think their, their options are, are much more limited without him. Um, Ayuk's a, is a great receiver in that system. He can make some plays. Kittle doesn't make as many plays as, as he did a couple of years ago. Um, you know, he's, he's still decent, but, but I, I don't not targeted. See, I think he's complaining. He's not targeted. As well, well. Like he's, he's but when he gets targeted, him, yeah, he's not getting the yards after the catch that he got true, yeah. you know, two, two years ago. I, I think their options are, are really limited. Um, and I hate to say this, but I think C- Seattle with the points is probably a, a pretty good bet. Okay. John, I'd go the opposite. I'm thinking San Francisco with the points in this one. Maybe I'm just influenced by the, um, Brock Purdy mania that we've all been experiencing for the last week or two. Drink uh, it in, John. <laughs> I just think it's uh, it's fascinating to see. But as well, I mean, it, 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 like I might kind of hit the hit the point here, but the Seahawks have been trending downwards for for a few weeks now, I think, and it seems like Geno Smith is like I'm not going to say he's t- he seems to be just regressing to a little bit closer to what people expected of him because he had a, he was outstanding for the first two thirds of the season. Um, but I think that the uh, you know, the wheels have fallen off there ever so slightly. But whatever happens with Seattle, I think that this has been a good season. Like, they've they've vastly outperformed expectations, I think, whatever. Unless they go on, like, a losing run and lose the rest of the games with the season or just have some sort of, you know, it falls apart. But I think that they can be very, very happy with, with what they've done, particularly the the uh, capital they've gotten from Denver when they traded Russell Wilson away. Like, they're just in a fantastic position with that. And they come yeah. out, they let, they're looking like they're smelling roses right now or Pete Carroll and, and the front office in there because they they got rid of the player it's seemingly at the best possible time the most appropriate time and they fleeced uh, the Denver Broncos at least that's how it looks at the moment um but with all of that said I mean I think I think we talked about it a little bit last week it's when new quarterbacks come into the league particularly like low draft picks like Purdy or or guys who are who come in there and shine briefly it's they get found out sometimes after two or three weeks, you know, or at least they can't, they don't maintain that same high level of play. And I'd be a little bit fearful. That's what's going to happen with Purdy. Like if you remember that this happened all the time, this happened with a couple of quarterbacks this year. If you remember the start of last season, Minshew madness. it was like through the first five. The, yeah. Well, I, mean, I love Gardner Minshew, but if the first five games of last season, I think Sam Darnold was like trending to be the best quarterback in the league. And like, let's, you know, these things don't maintain over a long enough timeline. So We'll see with Purdy, but for the time being, he's played well enough for me. Like, he's played significantly higher than I expected him to. So I think uh, against a team that are trending downwards like Seattle, I think the opportunity is there for him to maintain that. So I'm going to go San Francisco with the points on this one. Or minus you, three and you, a half. You've almost convinced me because the one thing I, I 
I mean, San Francisco's defense obviously is their strength, and it's a really good defense. Um, their corners are a little bit weak, and that's Seattle's strength. That you know, their offense is Lockett and Metcalf. If if Walker and or DJ Dallas play, I think Seattle's got a much better chance. And one of the problems last week against Carolina was they couldn't run the ball, and they only had Travis Homer to run it. Um, so if either of their two their top two running backs are back, I, I think I might stick with Seattle. But otherwise, yeah, I kind of tend to agree with John. He's very persuasive. He is a persuasive man. Um, we will, let's just run through Saturday's two games very quickly because they're on they're on a decent time set, uh, six o'clock and a half past nine. So uh, the six o'clock game, the Colts take on the Minnesota Vikings seven to four, but the Colts, the Vikings are nine to twenty four point five is uh, the card spread and the over under is 48.5 it's just looking at the vikings to be uh, like they're a 10 and 3 team you got the lions six and seven god the packers five and eight which you've said that at the start of the season i mean literally already out of playoff run um but there's still like there's still just this nagging feeling about the vikings that their their record is just fake well, I wrote I wrote about this in my Patreon column last week. They 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 basically oh, which I definitely read. Definitely uh, you should have. They they they've been outgained. <laughs> Their point <laughs> differential is minute. You know, there there aren't many teams with ten and three records who have. You know, they're by far the worst team statistically of any team that's ever had a ten and two record. Um, and and I think that came out it last week. We talked about it a little because they were dogs mm. to Detroit. Yeah, a team with a lose their ten and two, and their dogs to a team with a losing record. And Detroit was the good was the good bet as well. Um, Indy, I don't think is going to provide them with the same level of 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 problems, even with Mister Saturday, Jeff Saturday, coaching um, on a Saturday. You know, I I don't think that's going to see where you're going with that. Yep. Yeah. Um, So I think Minnesota bounces back. if Harrison Smith doesn't play, it seems as if their defense gets progressively weaker as the game goes on. Uh, they kind of depend on him to clean up some of the mess behind um, uh, in front of him. And, that, you know, I, I would almost if he's out, I think the 48 five is probably vulnerable to an over. But otherwise, if he's back and they're playing normally, I, I would kind of I, my first thought was to go under on it. OK. John, uh, if you've got that on the Colts, let us know. But of course, at half past nine, your beloved Cleveland Browns take on the Baltimore Ravens. Six to five about the Ravens. Four to six to Cleveland Browns. 2.5 is the spread and 38.5 is the over-under. Now, for a lot of people, this will be the first round of the playoffs. And obviously, I made the playoffs in our league because I'm awesome. But Amari Cooper is on my team. So, John, can you give me the latest on Amari as well while you're at it? You would well, marry a marry. I don't actually Cooper. have the injury report here, here in front of me, but you it would be. Piece of <laughs> you don't want me to win the league, do you? <laughs> I'd say, well, I, I don't know. It's, What's the it's, weather report, John? I was about to say. I was about to say it's probably not going to be looking great in Cleveland at this time of the year. Uh, that's that's uh, that's an interesting one as well. But Mary Cooper doesn't like doesn't like the cold weather. He doesn't. He doesn't. But hopefully, DPJ does. He's been playing well. Um, this, yeah, this game. I don't know. It's, I it's don't know. Dead, it was a good start. It's a dead rubber for the Browns. Like, there's nothing. There's nothing to play for. When teams are like the, when teams are in this sort of situation, it you have to add that variable into into how you you know assess betting on it. Um, you know, they're not. It, it's a divisional rivalry game against their most heated rivals as well in, in Baltimore. So I don't think they're going to lay down in front of them like this, particularly at home. And as well, it seems almost certain that Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, will be playing. So that makes it an eminently more winnable game for. Uh, but will Brands. Huntley be Huntley be playing? That's that's what the question the question is. Is he is he injured too? I missed that. 
Yeah, Anthony Brown was playing quarterback um, at the end of the game. Well, there we go. That, 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 I'm, that check, I'm checking it right now. Yeah, that probably that evens up even, even more so. Um, but, you know, f- from the Browns quarterback point of view as well, it, it seems, based upon the last two weeks, like they would probably be in a better position if Brissett was starting over, over Deshaun Watson at the moment. But you need, to, I suppose you need to give him the time to get accustomed to the offense and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it seems John, like John- that's, that's a next season type thing. Sorry, go ahead. John Harbaugh said, I just don't know. I don't know. You make some kind of statement. It turns out to be you don't have enough information to make it yet. That's how injuries work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Huntley's in concussion protocol. Um, I'd say that's him gone then. Probably. And they're deep into the protocol now. Lamar could be back, but until you know, we don't know. You can't say anything. And then it would be Anthony Brown, um, who was undrafted out of Oregon. Um, okay, yeah. and back then. I mean, I mean, if that's, you, that's if you're talking about going down. I think this is. Uh, you, you said the over under is thirty eight point five, Kieran. Right? That's yeah, it's actually quite low. Got, yeah, that's gone up a point. It was this time yesterday. Yeah. It was thirty seven point five, which um, I think I was. No, I was. I'm kind of just second guessing myself right now. I just sort of defaulted to the over in this one because sometimes these Ravens Browns games can put a bunch of points on the board, but if it's a strong, strong with the brand's style of offense, and it's a third string uh, Ravens quarterback in bad weather. I'm going to look at the under 38 and a half in this one for the time being. But that's, yeah. this is a this is a bet. I'm I'm not making this midweek. I'm making this one on Sunday morning, or sorry, on Saturday morning. Yeah, um, the Miami Dolphins take on the Buffalo Bills on uh, Saturday night. Some of you might be getting home from the the, the, the discotheque. And throwing that one on, 27 to 10 about the Miami Dolphins. The Buffalo Bills are 2 to 7. That's still what it's called, Mike. Shut up. Disco. Uh, Disco. Uh, 7.5 is uh, the spread. And it's 42.5 is the over-under. Um, yeah, a lot of talk during the week about Tua versus uh, Herbert, <laughs> which was like one of those things that everyone just got involved in. Um, and then Justin Herbert came out and threw really, really threw oh, a lot longer, yeah. Mike. That's the MVP Tua. Is that, that the guy we're talking about? <laughs> wasn't he your wasn't he your MVP pick at the start of the season? Uh, or, you're talking about me there, aren't you? Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah I, I said that he had a chance. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> he's he not even he's not even the MVP on his own team. I mean, you know, I, I couldn't I couldn't understand what what all that was all about. But but um, yeah, I think I think you saw kind of like what the what what the real Tua. Is, I mean, the true Tua. Um, and w- which is, I'm not putting him down because he's a competent quarterback. I- I'm not sure. I'm not sure it, under the pressures of that game, how against a really good defense, how he and the offense clicked. And and obviously he had both his tackles were out, starting tackles were out, and then Jalen Waddle got hurt during the game, which which actually impacts the way the way that they play because it makes it easier for you to take Tyreek Hill out um, of the of the game, but. He missed throw after throw after throw because they they kept this kind of good pressure on him, um, and he had receivers and he just kept miss, missing yeah. them. Um, they got one touchdown on that pop out fumble to Tyreek Hill, which was a great play, you know, kind of play of the week. And then the other one, they got one deep pass to Hill, which he actually underthrew by a little bit, but it didn't matter because he was so wide open. I don't see. I I mean. In Buffalo, and I, I think John's weather report probably extends across Lake Erie to Buffalo. It um, certainly does in this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I can't see Show Miami. Show on the satellite picks there, John. <laughs> I can't see Miami keeping pace with them. I was disappointed that they didn't run the ball better 
or, or indeed more, um, because that's supposed to be, you know, like Mostert and Wilson are supposed to be able to run that San Francisco run game. But maybe because of those missing tackles, they couldn't put it together. But against the Buffalo's defense, which is very, very good at containing big plays, I think that they t- you take away that from Miami and they're going to have a hard time with Buffalo. Let me just ask you a question very quickly, Michael, around the topic of, of two. Fine, John. I'll just sit the, here and do nothing. <laughs> what's the... Uh, What's the better way to assess, in your opinion, a quarterback? Is it when he's missing a, a, a very good receiver and two tackles, or is it when he's got all his, you know, all, all, his, all his players in front of him? Which is the truer assessment of a quarterback? That's a really fine question, actually, um, because I had that rule. I, I was going to ask it next week. No, <laughs> yeah, week. because I think when you look at Herbert, you're looking at a guy who's basically been in that position for most of his career, you know, with an offensive line that's, that's walking wounded, tattered, you know, guys who can't play um, two receivers, two really good receivers who are in and out of the, of the treatment room uh, constantly. And you, you see the limitations Keenan Allen has now, you know, he's no longer a really a big play receiver. Um, He's not a deep threat, um, but he's still a very good possession receiver. And Mike Williams, when he's fit, um, is is really good and can and can cause you trouble. And Herbert's played really well. Uh, Herbert makes these throw, you know, makes an amazing number of throws. That, that um, there's a good piece piece by Doug Farrar at um, USA Today about this kind of ca- castigating all of the people who put down Justin Herbert um, as being overhyped. He said, you know, just just look at the plays he makes without a whole lot of support. You know, and in a better offense, he'd be much, much better. Like so, jazz. Look at the plays he doesn't make. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I, I think, I think it's hard. You know, the the term system quarterback is overused, but when you've got a good team playing a, a, a relatively good you know, system and the quarterback executes that well, that's that's one mark of a quarterback. But in the in the old Mate Manning versus Brady debates, you know, they would say, well, look, if you put Manning on the Patriots, would they be as good? If you put Brady on the Colts, would they be as good? I think the answer was probably yes in both cases. Um, but you know, it, it, you take a, you take a guy out of context, and it doesn't matter because even a quarterback playing well under the circumstances you describe is not going to play well, you, you know, and this is why people were saying Herbert's overrated. You know, you can play exceptionally well without having good receivers available mm-hmm. and without having an offensive line to protect you. And it doesn't look like you're playing well. That's the problem. Um, John, you wanted to talk about Panthers Steelers. Uh, Steelers are twenty three to twenty. These are this is the first of the six o'clock games on Sunday. Mm. Uh, twenty three to twenty about the Steelers. Carolina Panthers are seven to ten. Two point five is uh, spread. Thirty eight point five is the over under. Now I know you've said you want to do this game. I just need to confirm. You know Baker Mayfield is not there anymore. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I just need to confirm. That, right? No, I'm all in on Darnold here, and you know me now. Um, no, this is. I just think the Panthers are an interesting case at the moment because they were a team who, for all intents and purposes, uh, let's say six weeks ago or eight weeks ago, they were essentially tanking. Right? They were they, whatever they, they fired rule, whatever that was, about six weeks ago. I think I can't remember exactly, but whenever Matt Rule was gone and they traded away uh, McCaffrey to the to the Forty ers they had signaled to me and to most people at least that. They've given up on the season. It's a done deal. Let's just see what draft pick we get next year, and then we'll, we'll get to you know the free agency period next year in the draft and try and rebuild from there and see what we can do, with what we can get. But they've actually improved quite significantly, and in what is a quite a poor division, they're still in playoff contention, 
And I think that they're actually in a good position this weekend uh, against Pittsburgh, who are, you know, it looks like Mitchell Trubisky is playing for them. Uh, so, you know, they're there for the taking. But the Steelers are a team as well who have ebbed and flowed throughout the course of the season, started very poorly, picked it up towards uh, as time has gone on. And we'll see if this is going to be Tomlin, Mike Tomlin's first ever losing season in charge of, of the Steelers, which, by the way, is just an incredible thing to, to say in the first place because he's been there for like 15 years or whatever it is. Um, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is that the Panthers are probably better than we have given them credit for in the last few weeks. And this is a very winnable game for them. So I'm going uh, Panthers on the handicap. Particularly it's, an interesting, it's an interesting philosophical thing with McCaffrey because – what they want to do, at least under Steve Wilkes now, and Wilkes has kind of established what kind of game he wants to play. He's a, run, he's a heavy running game well, with play action passing. And McCaffrey didn't really fit that. You know, we, we used to keep talking about how Rule would keep running McCaffrey between the tackles where he's less effective, you know, and 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 so his going to the 49ers made sense. He's in a system that really maximizes his abilities. And the Panthers with Chuba Hubbard, and Devontae Freeman and, um, you know, have a running game that fits what they want to do, makes life easier for their line because they're run first and makes Sam Darnold actually look re relatively effective because they're not asking him to carry carry the team with the passing game. So that that all makes really good sense. And I think Steve Wilkes deserves a lot of credit and, pro yeah. and probably a chance at the job next year rather, you know, rather than some 22-year-old offensive coordinator from um from from fcs and uh, the problem for the steelers is that you know you're playing a rookie quarterback oh i'm sorry that was it's kenny pickett yeah. yeah kenny kenny pickett's the rookie quarterback but trubisky's trubisky the guy plays well plays like a rookie quarterback <laughs> mm. um okay uh, the, the game at 925 that caught the eye of us was the cincinnati Bengals the tampa Bay buccaneers again we're not entirely sure what sky are going to show but mostly you're watching red zone anyway so that's why we've designed the show this way um the Bengals are one to two tampa Bay buccaneers are eight to five three point five is the spread 43.5 is the over under <laughs> so yeah the books are getting points i guess we 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 had if we had time we were going to talk about tom brady we could touch on him now at the moment touch on him um Say, uh, didn't you used to be Tom Brady? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've seen now in the last two, he had a game-winning drive um, on Monday Night Football uh, 10, 11 days ago. Uh, won the game with six seconds to go. It was actually part of the Manning cast. It was very interesting to watch the difference between how Peyton and Eli would have done the drive, which is Peyton basically called oh. the same plays as Brady, whereas Eli kept saying, he should just check it down and get another five yards. And oh, really? That says Peyton everything, was like, Peyton was like, no, that's not what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Eli would say, like, close your eyes and throw to Plexico. <laughs> Absolutely gas watching it. Um, but we see that, and then we see they come out, See, they're in a division that obviously is going to have someone go into the playoffs with quite a bad record, and it's highly likely it will be Tampa. But where are they? Like, Mike, is Brady playing this season so he can play next season somewhere else? Well, that, what that's, is going kind, on? that's kind of what the rumor mill, you know, the rumor mill has to say, but... Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, I think what's going on is there's a huge disconnect, which... Arian's absence simply, I think, made worse rather than better. 
Um, I, I, you know, I think the the idea was that Brady and and uh, Byron Leftwich were working the offense, and and they didn't like Arians' interference with them. Um, and it's turned out with with Byron Leftwich and Brady working the offense, they can't do any. You know, they they can't get anything on the same page. And I thought for the last couple of weeks, I've had the same thought. You know, okay, they're getting the receivers back healthy. Thing, things ought to settle down, but but it, it really is that it is like they don't know what they're doing. And if Brady's got to throw 55 times a game, and yes, they went down early in this one, so you can understand it. But you know, the week before when they won, he threw 52, 53 times. You know, it, it's not a recipe for fu- for future success. And I, I kind of I kind of think that the Bengals, even on the road, are going to have a formula just to keep them in check defensively. They can't really run the ball. Um, they have good receivers, but they don't really take advantage of it. And Brady's making some mistakes too. He he had a terrible throw uh, to Mike Evans that would have been a touchdown that would have you know got them back into the game, so to speak, um, at one point in that game. And um, I, I think now they're in a kind of defeatist mode where, where it's more about blame and you know stuff than about the season. I don't know if Brady wants to go somewhere else. Um, you know, the, the the mouth clowns are all screaming about. New England next year, um, if Mac Jones continues. I think that was not, me, actually. But anyway, not, not to produce, but uh, sorry, man. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, I, I kind of like Cincinnati even on the road here. Um, I think they're tough at this point. You know, they 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 know what's what's in their focus. They're good defensively. Um, I don't know who their receivers will be for this game, but they yeah. seem they seem to do okay with the second tier twos tier T's. You know, instead of T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, they had they had um, Trent and Trenton, whatever their names are. You know, it's like just find me the best available receiver whose first name starts with a T. <laughs> just 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 on this though, the NFC South, by the way, so it's six and seven. The Bucks are top at the moment with six wins, seven losses. Panthers five and eight. The Falcons are five and eight. The Saints are four and nine. They're one to four. The Bucks to win that division, but right, Panthers win at the weekend. Which I think John didn't you say they would? Um, that's that's my tip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Falcons are Falcons win at the weekend. Suddenly it's six and eight. Bucks lose. Suddenly they're six and eight. You've got Bucks, Panthers, Falcons all on the same record with a couple of weeks to go. Like, and they're it's, not yeah. playing well. So it's like, very competitive. Well, also, it's not despite competitive. the fact that it's competitive you know, in the sort of which would, you'd want to shitter. That's that's uh, that's exactly the point I'm trying to make. It's like it's extremely competitive in that division, but if you extrapolate that outwards into the larger NFL, they're all screwed. So <laughs> <laughs> this used to be the Cowboys division that we laughed at, and exactly. now they're all good. Um, yeah, isn't it weird? Yeah, yeah, they were the worst division. Like it's that was like the one we laughed at, yeah. and now they're uh, their division is have all winning records basically. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I'll add to this particular, like I agree with everything pretty much that Mike Mike said in his uh, in, when he was talking about the game. There, the only thing I'll say is that the Bengals won't put up as much defensive resistance as the 49ers did last week. So there's a few more opportunities potentially for for Brady and the Bucks to get involved in that game. But I, I'm still leaning towards Cincinnati on the handicap myself. They're unbeaten in like six okay. weeks or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're really coming good. Um, let's do very, very quickly, because we are running out of time. Uh, Giants, Commanders, Rams, and Packers. Um, so, Mike, will you take a Giants, Commanders? Sure. I mean, how many times in the last 20 years have you had two teams that have seven wins, five losses, and one tie play each other? <laughs> uh, <laughs> My guess would be never. Um, I, I like Washington in this one. The Giants are getting four and a half, which 
probably isn't enough to make, although, you know, their formula of keeping the game close and then in the fourth quarter doing enough to, um, to come through and win is, is hampered if Saquon Barkley isn't playing at a hundred percent. Um, and he wasn't last week. He apparently injured his neck in warmups or in practice and, and, um, Without him, they become one-dimensional. If they fall behind, they become one-dimensional. When they're one-dimensional, they're awful offensively. They're decent uh, defensively. I don't think Washington's going to run away with this game um, and because the Giants are decent enough defensively. But I, I like Washington, but I even like better. I think I'd go under in this one at 40.5. Um, John, I want you to do Rams Packers, but before I do that, there was something I was supposed to do with the Bengals Tampa Bay Buccaneers game that I totally forgot to do, (laughs) which was to tell everyone uh, that uh, we have an NFL bet five, get five bet builder this weekend on Bengals at the book. So if you uh, place a five euro or pound bet builder on that game, you will receive a five pound free bet as well to use at the weekend. And a little birdie tells me we're going to be doing that a lot over the next couple of weeks on the NFL bet five, get five. Money. It's an it's a cracking offer. Why wouldn't you get involved? Uh, there will be terms and conditions which will be in the description of this podcast. <laughs> if you like reading, TV. I come on, Kieran. I only have one child. You can't have him. <laughs> Rams and Packers uh, will keep us all up because it'll be so exciting, and they're such great teams, John. <laughs> This is a fantastic. This is this is a great game. Like, it really is. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. I agree. Uh, but I think um, look my. As we, we we talked about Baker earlier, look, I mean, I'm realistic. I like the guy, but I'm realistic about it. He's not going to set the world on fire there. And I don't think this is a candidate for the over, which was, are we still at 395 for the over-under here on this one? We are, yeah. yeah I think, 39.5. Um, some people would say, they wouldn't say 395. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was three nine, it's, it's 395 Celsius. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I think, uh, yeah, this is, um, yeah, still, like, even if you just, take away the fact of who the quarterback is it's still a guy that's been there for what by the time the game comes around like a week and a half or whatever it will be he should in theory uh be more up on the playbook but it does also a chance that the additional plays that he's learned will just confuse him slightly in the uh trying to pack it all in together like that as well uh, and we've talked about the packers uh, in depth on several shows they're just not what they were the last few seasons and uh, matt lafleur seems to have lost control of, of things there ever so slightly um in this one Kieran, you're gonna hit me for saying this but this specifically because i looked this one up uh the weather is going to be oh absolutely God. awful in green bay we're talking we're talking biblical kind of weather here so um <laughs> i think uh, as for who's going to win it it's going to who's going to adapt better to the weather but i think the my, my lock of the week here my lock of the week is is the uh, is the under in this one ah really should have been aware. aaron Rodgers is going to part the snow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what he'll tell people afterwards as well. Yeah. Uh, um, and that's it. A reminder of that bet five, get five offer on uh, the Bengals and the books. Uh, keep a look at that. I, we are going to do best bets. Don't worry, Mike. I do want to also uh, remind people to please do gamble responsibly this weekend and every single weekend. And of course, you're going to look forward to next week's show. We're going to be here over Christmas as well. We're going to do a show uh, on the uh, every Wednesday. So I think it's the 28th or something like that. Um, and next week's show, we get to start with Jags at Jets because that's Thursday Night Football. Woo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> Been waiting for this it, show all season long. It doesn't, it doesn't get any better than that. That is a Christmas present to you listeners. Now, let's do it. Um, who wants to start with their best bets? Yeah, well, I, I, don't I'm know. Just, I just did mine. So I'm, I'm just going to stick with 39, under 39 and a half in 
the uh, Rams Packers game, so I won't go too much more into depth. Yeah. But that's I don't know. I'm confident, better man. Yeah, I don't know why. I'm at Tom Brady levels now on my best bets. I, I've gone to a losing record, man. I've lost four weeks in a row, and so I don't know why I was in such a hurry to get to it. <laughs> but I guess, Mike, that you you you've looked at the KC Houston line. Um, I have looked at the KC Houston line, and and to be 14, honest. It's 14. it's fourteen, which I think is probably achievable by by the Chiefs. Although the Chiefs, if you look, if you watched last week's game, are past masters at taking their foot off the pedal once they get once yeah. they get three or four scores up, and that's exactly what they did um, last week. So I, in that game, I would actually um, think about going under forty eight five. Uh, because I think Houston's contribution to the con- to the total score is going to be minimal, um, so I you know I think an, a, a final score of something like uh, you know 30, 35-10 still keeps you under um, that. So I think that's a pretty good bet. Last week, last week the one I didn't take, you took, Karen, and you were right, and I wound up wrong with the one that I did take. So that Kansas City one will probably be right because I'm and this one's going to be wrong. But I like the Giants. <laughs> I like the Giants and the and the uh, commies to um, to go under forty and a half. Okay. Oh, wait. I'm going to take uh, the Chargers minus three at home against Tennessee Titans at home. SoFi Stadium. It's home to like 10 teams, as far as I can see. Um, but yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers, um, you know, coming off a good win. <laughs> Including Carson Carson City High School, who <laughs> played there on Friday nights. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I just think the Titans, they're, the, I have a thing with like the Titans, I think they, they should have done more when they were like last season obviously they were like top seed and we were all like yeah well, i can't believe they're top seed and all that and then did not in place whereas this season we've seen that they have some limitations i mean it's very much revolves around derrick henry um and i know the charges are not great against the run but the charges i was gonna say yeah but it's very one-dimensional as well with the titans so titans have i did i took a couple of notes on this one i was, was going to mention it but the titans have allowed 754 passing yards in, in the last two weeks so yeah. that's that's interesting I mean, to herbert's me. going to eat that up even with yeah. you know half fit mike williams and a half fit keenan yeah. allen and he's got austin eckler who can throw to he's got good tight ends exactly. yeah i just need to charge just anyway, you're, so you're going handicap here is that what you went for yeah minus three yeah. Yeah, Evan Ingram. They allowed Evan Ingram to catch 11 passes for 162 yards and two mm. touchdowns. Should be kicked That's, out of the NFL for that. Yeah, just about. You know, <laughs> play, play a year in the XFL and come back and tell us how it is. <laughs> Um, and that's it thank you so much for listening once again please do gamble responsibly we will be back next week with another episode of NFL Only Better from me Karen O'Connor from John Bell from Mike Carlson thanks for listening